Hi everyone, welcome to the blog on African agriculture called Africa Kilimo. We have named it Africa Kilimo because Kilimo means agriculture. Our guest today is Dr. Balbir Singh Shekhawat, an agronomist who has rich experience in India, Uganda and Nigeria. Good evening, Dr. Singh. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Today I have with me my colleague Neera Sharma and it, it's a great honor to have you with us in this podcast on uh, agriculture in Nigeria and Africa and uh, we would love to hear from you. But before we start, it'll be great to have a bit of a introduction from you about your journey uh, till now in terms of your working in, in Nigeria and before that in India. Please, welcome. Yeah, thanks a lot, Astrozi and uh, Neeraji for inviting me for podcast. And uh, when it comes to my journey that uh, I am master from agronomy and uh, PhD from agronomy from uh, very reputed Institute of India, that's uh, called Institute of Agriculture Sciences that comes under Banaras Hindu University. And uh, when it comes to my career, I started my career with bear crop science. It was for maize, it was for uh, cotton and it was for... A mustard, it's mustard is a little bit of uh, oil seed crop in India. So these were the three crops. Then I was with uh, Coromandel Fertilizers as their product manager. Then I was with, uh, hello. My last assignment was with uh, Nagarjuna Fertilizer in India. There I was responsible for their customized fertilizer. It means the fertilizer that particularly farmer can go and say that, okay, I am growing my rice, give me fertilizer. So there is no need to buy urea, DAP, MOP, zinc sulfate like that. Simply he can go that, okay, I am from coming that area, give me my fertilizer. That's called soil crop and uh, stage-based fertilizer. That's customized fertilizers. There we work on that how we can promote them and how the farmer can get benefit out of that. Then my Africa operations, I joined Export Trading Group. It's a agri-commodity and input supplier company in Africa as a country head for their Uganda operations. So there we were supplying agri input as well as procuring their output. For example, we were procuring maize, we were procuring sesame, we were procuring their coffee, then even soya bean. We were having a refinery of edible oil there and we were supplying them rice, sugar, then fertilizer, then seeds and agrochemicals. That was, a, we can say, a one-stop solution for farming communities. And then right. we were exporting okay. across the globe, wherever it is required. Then now, currently, I am with Indorama Fertilizer, heading their agronomy services department. Here... Uh, in Nigeria, we are having the world's largest plant of urea production. Uh, that is 1.5 million metric ton. It means in a day we are producing 4,000 ton of urea. And nearly 50 to 60 percent it's consumed locally and the remaining we are exporting to Latin America and uh, uh, Europe and America. So that's... Uh, here, when it comes to the agronomy department, we are educating and training farmers in the advanced agriculture technologies with the different different tools. We are doing the soil test and then we are recommending. Then we are having animation films when we are having crop production technology, leaflets, pamphlets and folders. What type of sustainable inputs, for example, 
burn their straw. We are saying, no, no, don't burn this. Let's make farmyard manure. It's better than any fertilizer. In the same fashion, we are giving them local seed treatment, for example, the cotton. Just rubbing the cotton in the cow dung and drying it, it's the best. It will kill most of the fungal and bacterial diseases. In the same fashion, we are in the case of pesticides and all, we are promoting neem local even the case of uh, irrigations and all we are supporting that okay why don't you make your oven small bore well when the water is closely 50 60 feet only so there is no need to wait up and uh, when it comes to fertilizer solutions and all we are giving them proper training on the each and every aspect of field preparation seed selection then planting at what time they should apply npk here this is the third world country so even you will not believe that even the NPK, they broadcast it when the crop is already, you know, we can say knee high stage and all. Instead of applying as a bashal. So there is so much, uh, you know, lacuna when it comes to the product knowledge and application theories. Doctor, this is so interesting. Uh, I'm sorry I'm interrupting you, but this actually the point that you're making. In fact, that was one of the most important questions we had in mind that what are the challenges that are being faced by Nigerian agriculture because of your recent experiences and since you have worked in Uganda also, what kind of challenges can you foresee, for example, in East Africa and of course in West Africa for agriculture? Just giving the context, Doctor. When we say Africa, Africa is a huge continent, a continent of 54 countries and agroclimatic zones exist. On the top, it's the desert region. In the center, we have the tropical forests and all. And in the eastern, we have savanna and the southern side. So all these uh, 54 countries have common agroclimatic zones also. Given your experience in India, in Uganda and now in Nigeria, it would be interesting to know what Ashu has asked. Thank you, Daksa. Please continue. The availability of agri inputs is, uh, we can say, a challenge, a big challenge. For example, if you go across uh, Nigeria and you ask that I need bag of DAP, you cannot find it. You cannot find mm-hmm. muratopotas as well. So that, you know, the, the choice with the farmers is very limited. For example, here in Nigeria, you can find NPK 1515, NPK 2010-10 and urea. That is the option you have. Sometime, for example, now you hardly find hybrid paddy seeds and even improved varietal paddy seeds, even the maize seeds. And the next is that farmers are even not aware and they were not trained in the extension departments and the extension agencies, the development partners. They really didn't train the farmers from the basic to how they can improve their yield as well as farm income. And that's why even, for example, they have the best agroclimatic conditions, rainfall, best uh, land availability. Even then, the production is less. The availability of agri-input as well as the application of agri-input. So very rarely farmers know when to apply what to. The next is that, okay, if the production is there, then at the time of production, there is a girl's production, but 50% of that production goes, uh, you know, we can say waste or it gets spoiled. I was in uh, Uganda at that time, we were procuring uh, mage. So the farmers were not much educated to let's 
harvest the cob and then dry them and then uh, thresh simply they were harvesting and threshing so the mm-hmm. maize was coming nearly to 20 to 23% moisture and that cannot be processed and uh, that nearly 50% you need to dry it by the dryers and uh, but those facilities were not there okay few companies like etg and all were having but rest of the uganda was not having so nearly 50% was getting uh, rotted Daksa, drawing from wonderful information which you have shared, I understand that as a researcher, you have experience of crops and as a person who was hands-on in Uganda uh, with the kind of examples you gave, it's quite pertinent, where small things like even drying after harvesting would add to the overall production and reduce the waste is a fine example. mentioned you are developing films and other material to educate the farmers on use of fertilizers I'd like to know your experiences and more so because you are part of a conglomerate which is the largest urea producer in the world and as you mentioned soon you'll have another facility running and you'll be even bigger with around 3 million tons of urea being produced so that in fact is a good opportunity to educate the farmers to start using fertilizers optimally would you like to throw some light on it dr singh yeah when it comes to fertilizer consumption global average is close to 260 kg i mean 260 kg but when it comes to the west africa west africa means nigeria ghana cameroon senegal mali burkina ivory coast togo sierra leone and these here is hardly 35 kg so you can see the 35 kg to 60 kg so that's a, it's a huge gap when it comes to the fertilizer consumption so why this fertilizer consumption gap is there one thing is the availability second thing is the cost you can see that in india urea is available at the usd 100 across the nation per ton and here the same urea is available 360 or 370 dollar per ton so it's three to four time uh, price difference as well and most of the governments are not giving the subsidies and uh, and even they are not very much interested to promote it as we know that when it comes to the food security and food production 50% potential of any crop is attained by fertilizer application 50% is the rest you know seed and management and other things so if they apply a higher dose of fertilizer uh, then uh, it can be you know they can rise their 50% crop production right. or yield so, as well so we assume so we assume that higher dose would be the optimal dose that is the assumption here and daksab you had mentioned while at nagarjun fertilizers you had pioneered a concept of soil crop stage based fertilizer uh, given to the farmer can that kind of experiment or initiative not be taken in nigeria and west african countries to begin with and expand it across the african continent so to say yeah those you know when it comes to something of developed economies and where the farmers really educated on the fertilizers and all there we can go ahead with the customized fertilizer and value added fertilizer but here the situation is very different africa is uh, 
we can say very much behind when it comes to the production agri production technologies adaptability of uh, we can say new technologies new seeds uh, fertilizer here consumption is so low even we can say that there is a difference of 35 to 260 kg technologies will no doubt will be applicable but it will take some 5 to 7 years but currently we must increase the fertilizer consumption that is very important now because those technologies can be uh, applied where the farmers know little bit uh, more of higher technologies when it comes to production and uh, other things during our discussion you mentioned that sorghum which is basically a native plant of africa that sweet sorghum can be used for even sugar production yeah it sugar is, as well as ethanol product so yes. in your view encouraging this crop in western africa to begin with would it be a feasible objective which the governments and the policy makers can focus on and concentrate in the coming years and instead of being importers of sugar and other things use sorghum as one of the crops to produce sugar and export it also dr singh yeah when it uh, if we travel through kano kaduna and that side already they are sokoto nasarawa they are producing a huge amount of sorghum and this sorghum is basically a sweet sorghum not the normal sorghum it means if you cut the cane of that particular stem of that sorghum at the time of maturity the bricks value may be 17 to 80% it means this is the sugar cane Wait. type of sorghum right just like the you know we peel or what we say crushing of sugar cane the same crushing we can do of this sorghum as well the juice can be further concentrated that can be fermented to produce the ethanol and that we can produce from that juice jaggery and uh, sugar whatever we want to produce but the most of the farmers don't know about this but in india in uh, uh, canada australia most of the farmers are getting dual benefit because this uh, sorghum can be harvested for the grain and those uh, stem can be used as a production for uh, sugar ethanol jaggery whatever you want and just simply by crushing yes and that ethanol like in india the government is shifting to use the ethanol as automobile fuel also maybe it could find similar uses in africa yes even the nigeria imports of whose ethanol when it can produce the ethanol by cassava ethanol by sweet sorghum that's basically the problem with african countries are that they normally depend on the imports instead of increasing their own industrialization <laughs> when it comes to the difference between developed countries or uh, under developed country what is the difference developed countries has the industrialization and they are exporting and under developed countries don't have industrialization they are import countries that is the only difference when we normally see from the broader aspect as an expert what i understand from the discussion we have had so far that you are trying to educate empower the farmers so that they are able to take decisions and once they are capable enough of taking decisions they would like to shift towards better use of fertilizers the optimal use of fertilizers because of the agricultural extension efforts 
which companies like Indorama and other such conglomerates are doing. And I feel the efforts of the government would be welcome to support these kind of initiatives. And shifting towards sorghum, uh, producing sugar, ethanol from this crop. I think even rice would get a boost if the uh, hybrid varieties are adopted. Am I right? Yes, yes. Even uh, when we see that yearly Nigeria imports close to 3.7 million tons of rice, that's, uh, you know, whose uh, rice. It's, uh, but in the same time, they are having the 34 uh, million hectare of arable land. They can uh, produce uh, close to 20 million tons of uh, rice from the available land where they are cultivating the rice itself. That much difference is uh, there. Uh, it shows that if we improve little bit on the hybridization side as well as fertilizer application side, as well as the harvesting and processing, the same is applicable here on the rice harvesting. Uh, rice harvesting will be when the panicles and everything is dried. Right. But here they harvest the rice at the physiological maturity stage. It means panicle is not dried. And immediately they will start threshing instead of drying it on the field for the threshing and all. So it means nearly 25% of product they are going to lose in the simple uh, wastage, roting and other things. And so this is, then the this quality will come down as well. This is something similar to uh, what they do with the other crop, uh, maize, which you yes, have mentioned. Yes, yes. yes. Maize also they are doing the same as right. well as they are doing the same thing in the uh, rice. Immediately cutting, uh, for example, they harvested and immediately they will start threshing. There is nowhere in the world it is the same day. But here right. in Nigeria, in the West Africa, it is there. That they are, right. One side they are cutting, one side they are threshing. Right. And what could be the reason for doing this? Uh, is it a cultural practice or they want to clear the land quickly for next crop? In Nigeria, normally people take only one crop in a year. It's not that culture and all. It's just that, okay, earlier time they were small and just immediately they were going to get money. But now the time has changed, but they have not changed. And the people didn't try to educate uh, farmers. It's not the mistake of farmers. People didn't try, even the millers didn't educate it because most of the time it is the import economy. So import from the local Big industries didn't develop and uh, simply they failed to do so. In fact, Ashu, what Dr. Singh just told that Nigeria is importing 3.7 million tons of rice where it can grow nearly 20 million tons of rice itself and become a net exporter. That is how I see it. It would need just a small change, a small effort to educate the farmers on the post-harvest practices, if I can term it that way. Dr. Singh? Yeah, for example, in 2019, close to December, that the current government uh, stopped the, or we can say that uh, they stopped the import of rice. Even then, they are sustaining now. And... Uh, Little bit is smuggling and all is there. That's a different story. But they are surviving. It means they are the farmers are getting the best price. And I have seen the small, small milling plants that started in Kano, Sukoto, Jigawa, KB and all area. 
so the same fashion if they educate the farmers use the hybrid seed apply good fertilizer uh, harvest at the right time of maturity then dry it and then sell it so there we can say that nigeria can become self sufficient in foods within 2 3 years that will be a very good we can say a local industrialization as well interesting point doctor one question that came to my mind based on this was that doctor you mentioned about the cost of the fertilizer so which is high compared to for example india you mentioned so what is the solution for that is is the government can the government subsidize it are there some other solutions for that sir to some extent that when it pair from southeast asian countries it means majority of government subsidized uh, fertilizer that's uh, there is no doubt secondary is that uh, the transport cost is close to 30% in africa for example okay. you are in uganda the fertilizer will be exported from gulf and russian uh, countries then it will come to mombasa port from mombasa port it will go to for example kampala wherever you are going so the purchase price for example fob price was to 40 dollar and it landed within the 20 dollar or 30 dollar the shipping charges but from port to the destination because roads are so bad then inside corruptions from the clearance and those things so that cost is close to 130 dollar so you can set 50% of that fertilizer cost is just a transport same thing happens when uh, any fertilizer they are importing then packing then this this but the transport cost even in nigeria that's close to 30% that's the okay. even in for example west african countries this senegal then mali burkina even it can go up to 40% 50% as well so those roads and infrastructures are not much that is also the reason that the farm didn't get benefit of this so in effect the central point which i could draw ashu from the exposition dr balbir gave us is that small efforts of educating the farmer of sharing small technologies like he mentioned rubbing of uh, cotton seeds in cow dung and then using it having bore well uh, which are shallow which are not very deep uh, 60 to 80 feet would be sufficient because of the higher water table having hybrid rice uh, making changes in the post harvest handling of the crops like maize and paddy it would add substantially uh, to the production by reducing waste as dr singh mentioned to the tune of 25 to 50% ashu this also has a good uh, opportunity for agri business uh, what is your view on this yeah and that was one of the question that i was coming to because doctor made a very interesting point just now when he mentioned that post 2019 december the government of nigeria stopped imports of rice small millers started to appear who were milling rice which were which they would have bought from the local farmers so doctor that that is something that is very interesting in terms of agri businesses because that will also provide opportunity for rural poor to earn a better living better capacity to buy fertilizers etc etc is that something that you are seeing doctor singh yes when you know a farmer will get the better price of their produce no doubt uh, they will invest and the small small industry will develop 
it's a, we can say that it's a business process when there is a demand the business will start growing so the same fashion we can see that uh, small uh, millers of rice has come some small small equipment of threshers has come uh, some mm-hmm. small small equipment of maize planter has come and the farmers are also happy to uh, get their produce sold at the right time and they are getting their price as well so that's the perfect idea that okay uh, a development of agriculture is a holistic approach that okay there must be a government support there must be farmers should be protected from other things there must be a local industry and there must be a local consumer as well and that idea of uh, eating the imported uh, items or food items that must be disgraced the the consumer should also be make aware that your product is much better in quality than the import it's uh, it's just signing but the quality and nutrient wise the local production is much better you have the good soils still we can say that uh, it's a blessing for africa that till date 85 to 90% african soils are organic right in fact uh, it's very interesting that you mention it ashu if you recall in our last podcast dr agnihotri had mentioned that africa would be the next food bowl for the world and it, yeah, it has potential to be yeah yeah it matches very well with what dr singh is saying that when 80 to 85% of the soils are more or less uh, we can say chemical free or organic and the there is a lot of headroom for increasing production and productivity both by making small changes what would be the kind of productivity we can achieve if we make big changes in technology in uh, mechanization in uh, large scale farming that, that is uh, something stupendous and I thank Dr Singh for mentioning these wonderful points our listeners would be happy to hear the kind of insights you have given in future also we would like to invite you to our podcast as and when it is convenient one last question you had talked about your company Indorama supporting farmers in agriculture extension um what is the role that universities are playing here in agriculture extension doctor when it comes to our uh, indorama contribution to the farmers training and also on an yearly basis we are closely training half a million farmers by soil testing small farmer meeting group farmer meeting and then farm days demonstrations and several activities we are doing we are having our own uh, app uh, agronomy app there any farmer can register and uh, everything is uh, one thing with the indorama that we give everything free there is no need to be much of when it comes to farmer training and all there is no formalities and all uh, any farmer can join us and uh, we don't uh, uh, give much of the you know uh, formalities when it comes to the training and uh, uh, even we are distributing the literatures even we are uh, giving gumboots to the farmers so they can go and walk in their farms 
वी आर गिविंग सम फ्री टूल्स फॉर एग्जाम मेज प्लांटर वी आर गिविंग मेज स्मॉल हैंड ऑपरेटर मेज हार्वेस्टर वी आर गिविंग सो दो सो मेनी थिंग्स वी डू इवन वी गिव देम द रेन कोट्स वी आर आल्सो वर्किंग ऑन द पोस्ट हार्वेस्ट वी गिव देम द हर्मेटिक बैग हर्मेटिक बैग मींस इफ समथिंग इज ड्राइड एंड इफ यू पुट इन दैट एयर टाइट और बैग देन इट विल रिमेन विदाउट एनी इन्फेस्टेशन because that co2 concentration is more and no insect can survive and it's a very cheap uh, product actually it's hardly cost one bag cost 500 naira that we are distributing free to the farmers so that way we are doing a lot of activities uh, but uh, when it comes to the 2 million population and out of that 70% of the farmers so as a company we cannot reach those uh, numbers but if the government and development partners and all other millers and processors producers and uh, local farmer associations come together then it's a, a work of one or two years that uh, nigeria become food sufficient uh, and nutritionally sufficient as well Wow, wow, that's a wonderful thing to end the conversation. Uh, Niraj, Dr. Singh has been amazing in terms of the information and knowledge he's provided. And uh, as you rightly said, we would love to keep talking to Dr. Singh and get his perspective as we go along. Dr. Singh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Sir. And uh, the things which you mentioned in the end, the innovation, the apps, the hermetic bag, and other things which you have mentioned. i think they are wonderful and they'll help the african farmers like anything and i hope and wish that these innovations are not restricted only to nigeria but are used across the 54 countries wherever they are needed thank you dr singh thanks a lot it was a pleasure having you on our show thank you thanks a lot astosh ji thank you so much neeraj ji and our email is africa.kilimo@gmail.com please keep writing give your feedback your questions your suggestions we are waiting for them it's been lovely talking to the experts and as you rightly said we look forward to more such interactions with experts we look forward to hearing from our listeners at our email africa a f r i c a .kilimo k i l i m o @gmail.com